You're listening to Inner Demons, the comic book podcast based on Marvel's very own spirit of vengeance, Ghost Rider. Here we will discuss comics, news, movie and TV appearances, and everything in between. And now, here are your hosts on this fiery road to hell, Chris Munn and Brian Biggie. Let's ride. Welcome everyone to episode 41 of Inner Demons. Uh, this is our Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History Spectacular. Uh, Plasma Ghost Rider Destroys Inner Demons Spectacular. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Chris Munn, and with me, as always, is Brian Cosmic Ghost Phoenix Rider Biggie. What is up, dude? Hi, Chris. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, oh, come on. Come on. You got to give me a better reaction. Oh, man. Well, not introduction, but anyway. Uh, sorry. I was I was really struggling for one on this one. There's not a lot to work with. Yep. Uh, so, okay. All right. We're going to get into some new reviews. Uh, this episode, we're going to be looking at Cosmic Ghost Rider Stories, Marvel History, Issues 2, 3, and 4. But just so there is at least a good comic talked about on this episode, we're also going to look at Ghost Rider 2099, number 14, from 1995. <laughs> um, but before we get into the reviews, uh, Brian, you got anything you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, definitely. We uh, One of our good friends on YouTube, uh, Seek Donnelly, he does Seek and Destroy. He does a Venom vlog. That's his That's his kind of a meat and potatoes. He's he's very involved with all that kind of stuff. He, he's a writer in real life, and he, he's involved with a lot of that, that that cool stuff. He's actually a big Ghost Rider fan and a huge Danny Ketch fan, which we didn't know until recently. Uh, so he's doing awesome. Um, he's he has a huge Danny Ketch collection. Finally completed all uh, ninety three issues, and he's kind of like us a little bit. Like he's been kind of going and finding um, Ghost Rider on the cover of things. Or when he finds out that he appeared as uh, like a Wolverine '93 or whatever it was, what you know, even that god awful issue, he picked it up recently because he knew Ghost Rider was involved Ugh. with it. Because uh, he's he's just that much of a completionist for the Danny Ketch character. He likes Johnny Blaze too. Don't don't get me wrong, but um, Danny Ketch is where is where his heart lies. So he started a YouTube uh, video series um, called Highway to Hell. And it's pretty cool. There's a few episodes in right now, and uh, I will check it out because it's it's pretty awesome. He is basically showing off his Ghost Rider collection, so that includes the Ghost Rider Lego and the um, some comics, as well as uh, various things that he collected over the years, uh, stuff that we haven't even gotten a chance to get into. So definitely check out his stuff. And uh, occasionally he'll ask for uh, viewer feedback to say, okay, out of these 10 issues I just showed you that involve Danny Catch Ghost Rider, what do you want me to talk about and review? Because some of them he hasn't even read before. He does so much Venom stuff and other heroes as well that he hasn't read as much as we have for Ghost Rider stuff. So definitely um, check out his and comment on his videos and, and tell him what you guys would like to see for his reviews. Cause he did that recently for episode two for his uh, highway to hell episode. Um, you know, they're like 15, 20 minute episodes and he kind of goes through what it could be. So definitely check out seek Donnelly stuff. That's S I I K E seek. Uh, yeah. Check out his stuff. He's, he's a cool guy. So give him some support. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, that's that's cool. You know, Venom seems to be getting like a real renaissance here lately. There's all this, you know, the characters really getting super popular again. And I know it's a lot yeah, of people talk about time. him online. Um, there's actually going to be a Ghost Rider tie-in to the the Ab 
Absolute Carnage? Is that the event coming mm-hmm. at the yes. end of the yes, year? It is. Yeah. There's going to be a Ghost Rider yeah. one-shot tied into that, and I don't know what that's going to mm-hmm. mean. Maybe it's the long-awaited return of Host Rider. But, uh, Maybe. You know, yeah. it's, Symbiote of Vengeance, I think they're calling it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Symbiote of Vengeance? Oh, that's cool. Yes, yeah, Absolute Carnage, and it's uh, that's the, the title of, of that Ghost Rider one. But we don't know if it's Robbie, if it's Johnny, or Danny. We don't know who's going to be involved with that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens okay. with Very that. Very cool. All right, well, we are going to move on to our first review of the night. First up is Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History Number 2, written by Paul Shear and Nick Giovanetti, with artwork by Todd Nauk. I assume that's how you pronounce it? Nauk? Nauk? Anyway, uh, apologies if I mispronounced your name, Mr. Nauk. Uh, <laughs> so, oh God, where to start? Uh... Old Frank Castle, Cosmic Ghost Rider, has come to visit his family the day before they're all executed in, by the mob, and he's pretending to be his own Uncle Frito, and he's having a conversation with his wife, Maria, he's cracking jokes about Spider-Man, and that's this whole issue, is him recapping stories from Spider-Man's past and how he was there. He was a photographer for the Daily Bugle, and he fought the Green Goblin, and he caught uncle ben's killer and he was there when peter parker was spider-man no more and he set it up to where this old man that looked like uncle ben got beat up by a bunch of guys that he hired and that caused peter to uh realize he needed to be spider-man again there's actually a really funny bit about the clone saga where he tries he smothers an aunt may in the hospital bed frank does it's like an actress and then ben riley comes in and it's it's actually a funny page uh, and it moves on to a really nice page where Frank is talking with Maria about uh, what her husband, the young Frank Castle, is actually going through now that he's come back from Vietnam. Uh, or what, the war. They never say Vietnam. It's just the war. Because, um, I guess, because of the sliding time scale and everything. But uh, he, there's a really nice bit where that actually makes you feel like, okay, this this is Frank Castle. This is the Punisher. This is, this is like something you know, like Garth Ennis used to hammer in during his work with the character. Um, but then he starts talking about how Spider-Man went to the Secret Wars and he came back with the black costume and there was the Sin Eater and Daredevil and it's a whole thing. And then they start talking about Mary Jane and uh, where Maria and Frank have a lot in common with Peter and MJ and when they were separated and they accidentally met up in, a ho- in an airport where Dr. Doom was coming through and people tried to assassinate him. And Cosmic Ghost Rider was, of course, there as well. And Maria's, you know, is like, you know, I, I, really, I really like MJ. I wish I could be strong like her. And Frank says, you're stronger. And don't think for an instant Frank doesn't feel this way about you. And she invites Frank for dinner and asks him to go check on their, her daughter, Lisa, upstairs. Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, the... Costa family of the Magia, the the mob, the mafia, uh, are making plans to execute uh, Hector Montoya in Central Park the uh, the next day, and that is where this issue ends. So, Brian, Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history number two. What do you think? Ouch. Um. Yeah. So it's. It, it, this isn't a good series for me as a reader. It's not a good uh, series people, for anyone as a reader. D- you know, I, I, I would I would think that is true, but I think there's some people who 
are casual fans who aren't fully invested in the characters who think it's it's great because if you're a Paul Shear fan who's the writer who's the co-writer of, of the book with Nick Giovanetti uh, you might like this stuff you might go hey that's you know I kind of remember the Phoenix stuff I kind of remember the Spidey Venom thing sure that's cool I like this alternate history thing it, as I could see some people who aren't fully involved with with some of these books they might enjoy it or maybe if you have a real diehard appreciation of each of these stories because each issue of Cosmic Ghost Star destroys Marvel history that's a mouthful is going into heavy detail on famous Marvel history, Marvel moments. And of course, uh, Frank Castle's involved now with all of that stuff, at least in his tall tales, you know? Um, so, I mean, I'm not enjoying the series at all, but at least with the art, because every book has a different artist so far, right, Chris? Uh, not true. Todd uh, Nauk, Nauk? I I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Right. Todd Nauk is uh he draws two issues two and four gotcha okay because i know it wasn't three i know uh nathan stockman did three so yeah yeah um, and he didn't do one that was gerardo sandoval uh, that's right now did uh two and four uh todd knox um artwork i think is pretty good i think i like his ghost rider on in this one and some of the other moments here and there i think is is, is pretty good but like the, the spidey venom recap of their history and you know their battles was pretty good, but uh, it's one of the few things I really kind of enjoyed about this. I don't think this is as bad as issue one, but um, that's not saying a whole lot from my standpoint. Um, I think it's just, it fails on the dialogue and the story. There's just so much, uh, the lines from, from, from two very talented writers, they, they're not connecting with me, at, at least as a reader. Uh, there's so many snarky one-liners and it's meant to be funny. And to me, it comes off abrasive and obnoxious uh mm -hmm. less yapping and more slapping like like all these like little like these one-liners these deadpool less one-liners don't work for me hockey hair um it it doesn't work for me and then there's even a moment later on like I, i'm begging for this comic to get a little serious and to have a little bit of pathos considering the subject matter and what's happening to this family in 24 hours they you know, spoiler alert, they will no longer be alive in 24 hours, mm -hmm. but it's play for laughs because it's a comedy. Um, that That's my biggest problem with this whole series. But uh, like there's a part where, uh, quote unquote, Fredo, which is Frank, older Frank, uh, that's his, his going as Uncle Fredo. He's talking to Mrs. Castle about, you know, some emotional things and it doesn't work for me. It's it just I think they're trying to steer it in a different direction. And it doesn't work for me. Uh, so that's a failure, unfortunately. And, you know, there's a lot of Spider-Man aspect. Maybe if you're a diehard Spidey fan and the Clone Wars and that kind of stuff, you might appreciate it with some of the little jokes here and there. But most of it did not work for me uh, at all. So what did you think about it? Well, I thought this one, at least, I really hated the first issue of this series. Yeah, yeah. And this one is still not good, but I thought at least some of the jokes made me laugh. I thought mm -hmm. the opening bit with Spider-Man and Venom and their homoerotic sub subtext, I thought was genuinely clever. <laughs> um, and some of the other stuff, I thought the stuff with the clone saga where he's like smothering Aunt May with the pillow. And I, I thought it was funny. It, it This issue, at least some of the jokes landed. Yeah. But there is... There's... A fundamental problem to this. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a Spider-Man story. Right. It's not a Ghost Rider story. It's not a Punisher story. It's a Spider-Man story, and it's just a retread of good Spider-Man mm -hmm. stories done through a really really bad filter. Um, 
you know, like I've read, I read some of these. I've not read every story. Like this, the Doctor Doom story they reference at the end, I've never read before. Um, but some of the other ones I have read. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just, I don't see the point to this comic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's aggravatingly mediocre. Like at least it's not, a, I don't think it's as objectively terrible as issue one. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just, there's nothing to yeah. it. It's a bunch of bad jokes wrapped around Spider-Man stories that were good stories and are cheapened by this alternate take on it. And it doesn't even make sense within the narrative. I mentioned this with the first issue and I'm going to mention it with every issue we cover this is that the timelines don't sync up. It says that the Spider-Man venom fight was in the past. uh, And that the castle family thing is in the present but in standard Marvel timeline, that Spider-Man Venom fight came years after Frank Castle's mm-hmm. family was killed. You know, because the Punisher first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 129. That Venom Spider-Man fight happened in, like, issue 300 right. and something. It just doesn't match up at all. Like, how... I don't even think it matches up with, with issue Again. one, Chris. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, because it could be, is that at the end of issue one, didn't the Watcher show up while in the bathroom or something and didn't he didn't he say yeah. something like we need to have a talk frank castle or something like that right and 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 now yeah does that yeah, plus, that's true. i mean I, does that pick up with this one at all is is the watcher in the so what no. that was last issue he, right i mean yeah it doesn't even yeah, make sense that's a good point from last month so because cause I, yeah. I thought it was going to be the yeah, watch was going to be like, doesn't. listen, you're messing up the timeline. You can't do that. Like he was going to like lay down the law and say, because, you know, yeah. Frank is going to try to change something. He's going to kill the mafia or he's going to try to do something. Sure. Otherwise, why this story being told? But even in its internal logic, like I, I was thinking the first few pages were going to be that. But doesn't it open with he's just at the kitchen table telling her more stories or something? Right. Like, so. So what the heck? Yeah. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. It, even on its own scale, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you know it's you know you talked about the how when it tries to step into a more serious tone mm-hmm. for a page or two, I thought that was the only mm-hmm. genuine moment in this comic where Frank is having the discussion with Maria about war and what it did to her husband and everything. That's the comic that right. I want to read out of this. That because like you said, this family is about to get slaughtered the very next day, and instead of Castle trying to connect with his wife who he's not seen in millions of years uh, on any kind of level. He just tells her stories about Spider-Man and Mary Jane. And it's, it's a narrative convention that totally clashes with what you know is going to happen. Um, And it just, it doesn't work at all. Um, I, I appreciate those little glimpses of them trying to take this seriously but then it goes right back mm-hmm. into the really bad slapstick comedy. Um, and uh, I just, I think this this series was a mistake on every level. And it's exactly what I was afraid of when I saw that mm-hmm. someone other than Donny Cates was going to be writing this character. Um, now, I will say, Todd Nauck's artwork is great. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it. It fits well for the Spider-Man aspect of it. 
And I like his interpretation of Frank Castle and of Ghost Rider. Um, I think it all works really well. It has a really clean style to it. It fits the tone of everything so much yeah. better than Gerardo Sandoval's artwork did in the first issue. Um, and it, it's really good. I, I like I like the quiet scenes that he draws between Frank and Maria. Um, I, I don't have anything yeah. bad to say about the artwork, honestly. Uh, I think it has the mm. same problem that the first issue did, did where there's too yeah. many panels and there's too much dialogue right. and there's too much stuff going on that mm. it makes everything cluttered and messy. But at least there's more clarity to his work than to Sandoval's. Um, but really, that's that's kind of all I got to say about this one. Some of the jokes landed okay, but ultimately it's a Spider-Man story that just serves yeah. to cheapen better Spider-Man stories. Right. And it's not good. It's not a good comic. Oh, and since I have to... Alright, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History Number 3. Uh, written again by Paul Shear and Nick Giovanetti. This time the artwork is by Nathan Stockman. And this one picks up in Queens, still at the Castle House. Uh, now, Uncle Frito, uh, who is really old man Frank Castle, Cosmic Ghost Rider, is trying to have a conversation with Lisa Castle in her room. And... It's there's a lot of unfunny stuff about puberty and you know this is this really a conversation you would have with your preteen daughter? I anyway okay so it, he starts talking about the X Men because of the whole puberty thing and it starts off with how he accidentally uh, or he saved the X Men during the first Phoenix Saga by by transforming their spaceship into a Ghost Rider spaceship and he comes out as cosmic. Dark Cosmic Ghost Phoenix. He said, no, wait, I'm Cosmic Ghost Phoenix writer. And there's actually a really funny bit with him being corrupted by a mastermind with the Hellfire Club to become Dark Phoenix. Um, but then, anyway, the, the the Phoenix goes into Jean Grey, and it's, it uh, goes as usual uh, with Dark Phoenix being, you know, taking her own life on the moon. Then it skips ahead, you know, he's talking about Emma Frost and when she was shot during Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men and how it was, instead of it being Bishop and Sage who were the murder investigators, it was Bishop and Cosmic Ghost Rider. And they treat it like a game of Clue. And it's, it's essentially just a recap of that story, which was really, really good. And this one is really, really not. Uh, and he's still talking about... He ends that story. He's talking with Lisa about how the Castle family punches first and asks questions never. And how when you see something unfair, it makes you real angry. And he starts talking about himself and Wolverine. Which this time, at least, he's talking about an actual Punisher story. So he would actually have memories of this. But anyway, he's talking about where all these mobsters are getting their legs chopped off. And Wolverine and Frank... Uh, track them down to a bunch, to a gang of little people mobsters it, and the original story by Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson was funny because of the treatment of Wolverine but all the stuff about the little people not so much um, but it ends exactly the same with uh, Frank rolling over Wolverine with a steamroller um, and that's when the young Frank Castle comes in and is surprised to see his uncle Frito, and who he never really he never met. He just knew about from his father. And 
he asks Uncle Frito to tell him one of his stories about the X-Men. And he tells him one about the days of future past and how it was Frank Castle who was sent back in time instead of Kitty Pride to the original story. And he takes over young Kitty Pride's body to become Ghost Kitty and how they stop Senator Kelly from being assassinated. And then for young Frank leads old Frank down to the basement to get a beer. And as he's in the ref old Frank is in the refrigerator, new young new Frank, young Frank stands over him with a baseball bat and says, listen up, you hippie freak. Michael Frito died in Sicily before I was born. So who are you and what do you want with my family? And that's where this issue mercifully ends. Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history number three. Do we have, Again, we have to? Is, is there anything else that we could like shove in or something? Like that? No, no, we got, uh, we got, we got, we got two issues of this left, man. We got to, we got to okay. bear with it and right. just get through right. them. We got to get through them. Come on, the fans are counting on us. We're, we are the, we are the Ghost Rider Dave, guys. We Dave, stop listening this. by now. I assure you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Surely not. Surely, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider is extremely popular. I'm sure people are still listening. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what did you think of this one? Which the artwork in this one is Nathan Stockman instead of Todd Knock or uh, Gerard or Sandoval. So, what did you think I, of this? One? I really, really dislike this one. Um, and instead of just briefly turning it over to you at that point, you know, um, <laughs> which I thought about doing, it's. I'll tell you why. I, I really hate it. It's. Um, I don't like the art. I think the art is is not great at all. Um, and that's coming from me. I can't even draw a stick figure. You know, it's obviously you know he's it, good for a Marvel guy. You know, but I, I just think his character design, his choices, I, I just think is. Even though he does the expressions like I usually love, I, I don't like most of it. But I think the story is what really bothers me on this one. And it, it's a really makes me upset. Usually when we do these reviews, I kind of write a, a pros and cons section. And my pros is empty. It's completely empty. And uh, and that's that's rare. Usually I do have stuff I can try to find. But it, it just it makes me mad because uh, there could have been something cool with this storyline. And they missed it. And there are talented people involved. We've said it before. I'll say it again. There's talented folks involved with, with this series, but it's such a, a miss. And I know uh, with the last issue you talked about, one of the things you liked about issue two was the, the quieter, tender moments between him and his wife and how it was it felt genuine. And for me, it, it kind of actually felt disingenuous because it was such a departure from the other stuff in issue two that it was a slap in the face. Cause I'm like, how dare they bring up, like they tried to have, a sad moment or a little moment where they connect. It would felt so off-putting, but I mean, maybe that's just me. I mean, and this one I think drives it even worse. This is almost becoming an example of why, like if I want to tell someone why I don't like this, this series, I might send them some screenshots from this issue here, because like you said, last mm -hmm. issue, um, his family, if he doesn't do anything to stop it, they're dead. Now he might, he might try to change it, but in, in the chronology, they are dead in less than 24 hours. And at the start of this, he goes up to speak to Lisa, his daughter, who has been acting out of school. And he's trying to have a talk with her, but nothing alludes to the fact that they'll be gone. Because he's saying, I'm going to have yeah. a talk, but, you know, this and that, you know, it's I'm not good talking to kids. Like, it's played for laughs because he's so awkward, you know. Aha, uh -huh, you know, she's going to be shot in the face in 24 hours. She's dead. And 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 just thinking mm -hmm. about that kind of like, kind of made me feel weird reading it. And I know it's just a comic book. And it's meant to for 
enjoyment, but I'm like, it is just off-putting. And then at one point he says, well, I got to be a male mo- a role model in her life because I don't want her hitting the poles at 18 years old. She's dead. She's dead. It's like, so yeah. nothing makes sense. That's, that's an integral part of Punisher's legacy is his family dies setting him on the course to be the Punisher. Even casual fans know that. And that's taking something that's very tragic in his life and really making a mockery of the whole thing. And like I said, I know they're just, they're just characters. It's just the funny books. I totally get it. But it is so off-putting that it kind of bugs me, pissing off, you know? And that's not, I'm not even a diehard Punisher fan. That's just like, if I, if I love Punisher even more, I might dislike this even more somehow. Uh, I know you love the Punisher. Um, So maybe you feel the same way. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it's a very tenuous connection to the X-Men storyline because she's she's kind of pissed off and at him. He's telling the story to her and or he's talking to her about, you know, life and puberty. And he goes, oh, you remind me of the X-Men. They're angry youngsters. And it's just such a, a tenuous connection, such a leap to get to that. I'm like, that was mm-hmm. this is very a very poor segue to that. And then they try all these jokes Frank Castle is the Black Queen, right? You know, like a, a Jean Grey Phoenix in the the leather getup. Like it's just it's just so, such a weird story. Very such a bad story, you know. Really, you know, he calls Wolverine ketchup chips. So for me, it's a hard pass, especially this one. This one I think is a little worse than the first one because you, the very least with the first one, you could you have room for improvement. You could go two, three, four, five. You know, you could actually get improve as a series. And this is like right in the middle and a lot of the same problems yeah. that we've been talking about. Um, what did you think about it? I know you loved it. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, this is the great, greatest Ghostwriter comic ever made, man. This this, this right here is up there with... The, well, it makes it, it makes the Dark Phoenix saga look inferior. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, this one's really, really yep. bad. Um, you know, it, all the things that I thought were a little better with issue mm-hmm. number two, where some of the jokes landed, there was some of the more serious elements between Frank and his wife. Um, this one just chucks all of that mm-hmm. out the window. Nothing in it is funny. Uh, and it references stories. Well, I mean, it's the same as the Spider-Man thing. You know, when you're referencing Dark Phoenix saw in Days of Future Past, and you're just using it to make a lot of jokes, it's, you're going to look terrible by comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but even outside of all that, oh, and there's that really questionable Garth Ennis Punisher story with the little people and yeah, yeah. that wasn't that great back in the day. That, But at least it was a Punisher story. At least this one, Frank would have genuine memories of being mm-hmm. there. Because it was a Punisher right. story. Uh, that one's the only one of these flashbacks so far that I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I could see him telling that story only with a skewed perspective mm-hmm. now. That one makes sense. But the really, yeah, the really borderline offensive stuff is the interactions with his daughter, you know, yeah. saying, you know, uh, I'm the reason she's so screwed up, she's becoming right. me. Like, well, that's a moot point, because, yeah, your daughter's right. about to die. Um, and, yeah, the connections to try and get to these stories... Like, why would Frank Castle spend the last day his family has on Earth telling them stories that he's made up about Mm -hmm. superheroes? I I just don't get it. I don't get why anyone thought this series was a good idea. Uh, And just, yeah, this one's bad. This one's real bad. I don't. I don't think I dislike it quite as much as. 
issue number one. Yeah. But it's still bad. And it even flags up. You know, we've said several times about how much this they've just turned Cosmic yeah. Ghost Rider into Deadpool. Well, this issue even flags it up. Where Deadpool shows up um, and it says, you know, this is my thing, right? The retconning yourself into major story arcs. Well, at least you don't break the fourth wall. I still have that, I guess. Mm. And, yeah, it's, it's just putting a, a spotlight on the fact that right. this is just a Deadpool story. If they had done this with Deadpool, right. nothing would be different. Except the framing sequences wouldn't be there. And the framing sequences are legitimately, mm-hmm. in this issue, yep. the worst part of the game. I agree. Now, there is a little bit of promise at the end where the real Frank, the young mm-hmm. Frank Castle comes back and, you know, calls old Frank Castle out on his shit and is about to hit him with a bat. And there's a nice bit with the artwork where the shadow on his shirt makes it look like the yeah, Punisher right, right. skull symbol. Um but the artwork, I didn't like the artwork in this one either. Nathan, I'm not familiar with Nathan Stockman. I know he did an issue of um, way back when we first started doing the the podcast. We were do, we were reviewing Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme. Nathan That's Stockman right. did an issue of it. It was okay, but this, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not I'm not digging this at all. The facial expressions are too exaggerated, um, yep. and it's just again, it's got the whole thing with everything's too cluttered. There's too much dialogue. Uh, there's too many panels. And he's trying to recreate artwork by John Byrne, Phil Jimenez, Derek Robinson, or Robertson. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really great artists. And he's just trying to do his versions of those. And right. it comes off as, as weak attempts at redrawing other people's work only with Cosmic Ghost Rider stuck in the background. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, this one, this, I still think number one is worse, but this one is mm-hmm. bad. It's yeah. real. It's, ne- really it's neck bad. and neck. It's close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about issue number three? Definitely not. No. <laughs> All right. Then we are going to close out uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Inner Demons with our uh, look at issue number four. So once again, written by Paul Shearer and Nick Giovanetti. Uh, this time, uh, Todd Nock is back as the artist again. Uh, so this one opens up in the, the castle's garage or basement i'm not sure which um Mm -hmm. and young castle has confronted old castle that you know my uncle frito's dead who are you and he's trying they get into a really really major fist fight where they're beating each other up and old man castle's trying to say look i know what you're doing i know you're at the va i know you're drinking yourself to death i was just like you and they keep punching each other and uh, it, it finally progresses to uh, old Frank uh, turning into Ghost Rider. And that stops the fight and says, I'm the spirit of Christmas future. And he shows him, he turns back into his normal form and he shows him a photograph. Uh, says, you know, I, you know, I can help you. I was in the shit too. See, look at this. And it's a picture of him with Captain America, Bucky, and the Howling Commandos of World War II. Mm. And then he tells young, his young self uh, about when he was there on D-Day of June 6, 1944, with Captain America, and how he used his Cosmic Ghost Rider powers to um, take out the Germans. And that led him to join uh, the Howling Commandos. And when Captain America is kidnapped by Baron Zemo, they get the whereabouts in a... Uh, really, really blatant ripoff of Inglorious Bastards. Um, and he just, 
they go to France where Captain America is being held. Cosmic Ghost Rider is disguised as the Red Skull. <laughs> and they go in, they rescue Captain America. Uh, but then it says, you know, well, you know what? They, they capture Zemo, but Captain America goes in the ice and Bucky dies. But then it's okay because I'm the one that actually killed Hitler. You know, mm-hmm. I, I um, you know, they, they just called it a suicide because it'd be, be more demoralizing. And young Frank says, you know what? I don't care if that's true. That's the greatest story I've ever heard in my life, and I want it to be. Let me get you a beer for real this time. And then it cuts to the Watcher, who finally appears after he appeared at the end of number one. Um... <laughs> And he uses the time gem to see the scope of what Frank is doing. And he says, no, this can't be. Ryder must be stopped at all costs. And that's where this mm-hmm. issue ends. So what do you think of this one? This one is a slight improvement over everything that despicable that we said about the last couple. Uh, there, there's a few moments in here that I actually enjoyed. And I know it sounds weird to say since we've been kind of ragging on the series a little bit. But, um, you know, yeah, you have the Frank of the past and the and the future frank having their little uh their argument their battle and then i did like the find the fact that their wife says is everything okay out there and they both simultaneously say everything is fine hon you know like a couple things like that were was was at least entertaining you know and of course he starts telling them the story about captain america and his past with the holland commandos and a little bit, you know, of the future, too. You know, tells them the whole story, uh, assumingly. So he's just telling lots of stories in this this uh, this one day he has with them. He's telling stories to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a big, uh, you know, Russian nesting doll of stories. Um, and it's just a, a lot of it doesn't work. But uh, at the very least, it's, it's somewhat interesting. And, um, you know, yeah, the, he, he's going after the Nazis. He's fighting them. And uh, there's a couple couple good moments there he gives some some nazis a pen and stare and he uses some of his powers to obliterate his enemies um yeah i mean you know the thing that made me laugh is later on he starts using the phrase gesundheit you know uh <laughs> yeah. repeat repeatedly uh that one part get, did get a laugh out of me actually because he it's the only german word he's using that he knows and he keeps saying it over and over and over again yeah uh when he's disguised as like the red skull which is also kind of amusing um yeah i mean you know yeah and then the, of course the 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 baron zemo and the, and the hitler moment you know uh you know he gets his comeuppance obviously but um you know it it just i didn't dislike this one as much as the other ones but it's i, it's, I don't i still don't think it's a good comic uh it's the best of the series so far i think but that's not saying a, a ton from my point of view but um what did you think about it yeah, it's, it's damning it with faint praise to say that this is yeah. the best issue of the series so far. Though, yeah. honestly, I didn't mind this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's the artwork because Todd Nauk comes in and does a great job with the fight between the two Franks. Um, right, right. And his transformation into Ghost Rider. The display of his powers when he's killing the Nazis. I love this mm-hmm. part where he's given the pennant stare, it looks like, to Hitler. Mm-hmm. I think it's the artwork is really really good in this, um, and I liked the interactions between the two Franks when they're fighting mm-hmm. each other. Um, I liked their reaction to one another, like when the wife says, you know, when they both answer "Hey, hon," and I like that a the storyline 
the flashback story in this does actually pertain to what they're talking about. You know, it yep. is a way to show that, uh, yes, I was in war too. I know what you're talking about. I know how you're feeling mm-hmm. um, without coming out and saying I'm you. Um, and that at least this one feels like a ghostwriter story more mm-hmm. so than the other ones, which was just rehashes of stories we've already read before. Now, again, this one is really just nothing but a rehash of Inglorious Bastards with mm-hmm. Cosmic Ghost Rider and Howling Commandos, but yeah. that's okay. I mean, at least it's not taking like, oh, hey, this is um, this specific Captain America story from issue number 298 to 300 that we're just going to stick Cosmic Ghost Rider in the panels of. Yeah. This is at least telling a story that hinges on Cosmic Ghost Rider's actually being there as affecting the plot and it leads it's not just a random collection of panels like oh yeah and this happened oh yeah and this happened and oh yeah this happened right actually you know what i think really really improves this you don't have cosmic ghost riders narration over the panels Mm -hmm. and it just tells the story with the dialogue also can i add to that too you don't have his narration over the panels and you don't have much of his kids either his kids aren't really a, right. huge, a huge factor because that was our, one of our complaints in the early ones where the kids are, they just speak out of character for kids their age. And it's obviously yes. a, a little depressing with what's going to be theoretically happening to them. But, you know, it's 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 more focused on Frank and, and his young self and what's going to happen to his character in the far future. And then this tale of, of World War Two, which even if you haven't read the references of the previous issues like the spidey venom and the clone wars and all these like very specific storylines dark phoenix all this kind of stuff i mean most readers at least are somewhat familiar with world war ii events uh you know if they're not familiar with the baron zemo stuff but even if you haven't read a lot of that captain america stuff with dum-dum dugan and all that kind of stuff at least you have somewhat of, of an appreciation for it but there's no narration like you said and there's no kids running in being like Uncle Fredo, Uncle Fredo, you're going to tell me a story. You know, there's nothing like that yeah. that that muddies the waters. It's just a story. I want to be a chair. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I I think it improves everything about the reading experience for this issue. Right. Um, and had the previous three issues been more like this one, I would not have disliked them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells essentially one story, which yep. is. Frank, well, two stories, the pre- the present day with Frank and the fight with his younger self, and then the World War II story. Right. And it's it's not jumping around. You don't have the dual narration. Mm-hmm. It tells one story, and there's a point to the flashback. There's a point mm-hmm. to him saying, like, look, this is why I know what you're going through. Right. And it, it's, it, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I think I actually like this issue. Um, it's by no means great by no means is it even good and definitely by no means would I recommend anyone to pick it up Um, but it is at least a solid improvement over the first three issues Mm -hmm. Uh, now having said that I think um, we're going to get into this pattern where issue one was god awful Mm -hmm. issue two minimal improvement issue three God awful. Now issue four, a big improvement. Mm-hmm. There's still two more issues to this miniseries. Yep. I know issue five is about the Avengers, and mm-hmm. then issue six I think actually resolves what happens to Frank's family. Yeah. And may go into more of the history of the Punisher himself. That, that I'm just guessing. Yeah. So my my prediction is that issue number five is going to be terrible, and then yep. issue number six may bring it back and actually be okay. Yeah. 
it's um, it's like the Star yeah. Trek film series. It's basically it sounds like it's like yes. every other movie is pretty good, you know, and every other you know, and the others aren't aren't as good, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they got to really at least for our standpoint, they got to do a lot of work in the next couple issues to make us enjoy the series because the first couple have been pretty bad, you know. <laughs> I, we yeah. got to say it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I am not looking forward to reviewing issues five and six or reading them when they come out. Me too, good buddy. Listeners, Me too. This this is the sacrifice we make for you. So. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, because I'd buy them and read them anyway. I'd buy anything with Ghost Rider in it, even if it's Mangaverse. So, uh, <laughs> Mangaverse, Ghost Panther, Cosmic Ghost Rider, I'll read it all. I don't care. <laughs> uh, nice. Very good. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame right. comics right there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to move on to our last uh, discussion of the episode, uh, which is a much better comic, mm. but not by a lot. So, <laughs> all right. All right, moving on to Ghost Rider 2099, number 14 from 1995. This is written by Lynn Kaminsky uh, with artwork by Graham Higgins. And uh, the title of the issue is Under New Management. And this is the second uh, tie an issue to the One Nation Under Doom event uh, from the 2099 titles where Dr. Doom essentially took over uh, the United States of America and in, instated himself as president. And it starts off with his Doom's soldiers uh, that's called S.H.I.E.L.D., essentially his stormtroopers, bust into the barcode bar. They shoot up uh, poor Seagram the robotic bartender and they're looking for the ghost rider who is hiding in the back. Uh, Anesthesia Jones, the owner of the barcode uh, emails, zero Cochran, a message saying, uh, go through the back and I'll take care of the cops. Uh, she goes out to talk to the shield agents and says that she kicked the ghost riders, butt out. Meanwhile, in Transverse City, Doom meets with the head of uh, CSS, Central Security Services, and uh, essentially fires the head of it and uh, just dissolves CSS uh, in favor of S.H.I.E.L.D. He then talks to Coda, the super-powered ninja cop that they had on retainer, and offers him the same job but Coda refuses uh, and just goes on his own way. And then Doom meets with Willis Adams, the reporter that had been doing his story on Ghost Rider. And he asks him to do pro-Ghost Rider propaganda to make, uh, to neutralize the media virus that Demonics had introduced. And Adams is dumbfounded by it, but sort of kind of agrees meanwhile in cyberspace zero is uh floating around trying to figure out how dr doom uh hacked the white house computers to essentially take over when he sees the message from anesthesia uh, he unplugs himself from the charging station and goes into the bar and starts fighting the uh shield soldiers the fight heads outside and Ghost Rider sees that he is absolutely surrounded by S.H.I.E.L.D. soldiers, tanks, jets, everything. 
And before the fight can start, the head of the S.H.I.E.L.D. force says that uh, you've got an appointment with the president. It's my job to see you keep it. And Zero's like, the president? Doom? Why the shock didn't you say that to begin with? He's thrilled to meet Doom because he wants to know how he pulled the hack off. Um, which Anesthesia realizes that this is this is a bad idea. Doom meets with the head, the corporate heads in Transverse City and uh, says that the Ghost Rider is the ideal choice for what he wants to do. Um, and he has Dyson Kellerman under his control, backing him up as sort of his yes man. He then meets with Zero, Doom does, and says that he requires an independent operator empowered to interpret the law on a situational basis. And that Doom is appointing Zero, this region's federal marshal. Which, Zero versus me, the law, not a shocking chance, man. But then Doom recites a piece of, a, a passcode. Enable access of Braxis Delta and mobilize all systems, which freezes Zero in his place. And he says, let me clarify matters for you. Choice on your part is not an option. I have reached an agreement with your Ghostworks masters, and they have decided that expediting my plans will further the accomplishment of their goals. They have provided me with keywords, which enable certain blocks of hidden code in your operating system. Consider yourself fortunate. Without that control factor, you would be far too dangerous to my agenda. And that naturally would necessitate your destruction. And he inputs some more code and deletes Zero's memory of the conversation. And then when he resumes Zero's program, he says, me, the law? After all the years of being hassled by the black boots, man, that'd be a trip. All right, I'm sold. I'll do it. So Doom has manipulated Ghost Rider's code to make him more agreeable to what Doom wants. And he hands Ghost Rider a gun and a badge and says, you're answerable only to my minister of punishment, Jake Gallows, and myself, which is, of course, is Punisher 2099. Beyond that, your only rules are your own. And Zero changes his uh, solidogram image system and is now dressed as a shield agent. And he says, there, jagged or what? And that is where the issue ends. Brian, what did you think of Ghost Rider 2099 number 14? You know, this one is... Uh, it's it's better than some of the ones that we've reviewed this episode. Let's just say that you know it's yes, it's an improvement, yes. and it actually feels good to end on on this one as well, uh, just like we did one of our earlier episodes too. Uh, yeah, you know mm-hmm. it, this essentially it sets the stage for the status quo of Doctor Doom being the president and changing the uh, the Ghost Rider's mission essentially using hacking methods and his programming code. He's basically turning him from an anti-authority figure to a uh, akin to judge dread and uh robocop essentially you know yeah. and you know complete with the you know the pentagram almost like the upside down star for his for his marshal uh badge i thought that was a nice touch you know um he's the new law quote unquote in town uh doom's law you know what i mean so um that can never be a good thing when when doom's your boss you know but um yeah i mean it's it does a lot of setting the stage for the next coming coming issues. Um, we're getting to the the latter half of the 
2099 Ghost Rider series, which is not as well regarded to the fans as the earlier ones. But uh, this one wasn't too bad for me. Uh, there a couple moments that made me appreciate it. You know, the You've Got Mail on the screen, that, that was a, a little... Which was big at the time when this came out. What, 95 or so? Uh, you know, AOL yeah. stuff was was big, you know, for anybody who was around at the time. Um, I thought it was interesting that Mr. Adams, was it Willis Adams, is that his name? Willis Adams? Willis Adams, Was, yeah, was now being brought in to almost do, like, pro-ghostwriter propaganda, which is really kind of very interesting that it's like, you know, now now he's, yeah. he's the... The closed, the clenched fist of doom, basically. You know, he's kind of going out doing, doing. He's got a yeah. gun and everything. You know, um, so that that was interesting. You know, and um, it it does kind of upend the whole the, the the direction of the series. And some fans might say not for the best. You know, because he's he's been a certain style for this period of time, twelve issues or so, and now he's he's the man. Basically, he, he's working for the man. You know, he's he's working for the government. Um, so. I forget kind of where this goes after after this series. Well, I'll have to, you know, I did read them, but I'll have to be refreshed where, where it goes after this. But um, right now, this wasn't a terrible issue. I mean, it just has a lot of setup, you know. Um, they even bring back Coda for a brief moment, you know, and and he's like, you know, I'm my own man. I do I do what I want, you know. And he's kind of, <laughs> and he's doing his own thing. Yeah, that's his voice. Um, yeah, 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 I do what I want, and he's doing his own thing. <laughs> Respect his authority, right? Uh, so yes. <laughs> oh, they needed to have was South Park a thing when this came out because that's what they needed Zero Cocker to say. Almost to respect my authority. Almost a thing. It was it was soon after this, ninety eight or so. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so yeah. that would be yeah yeah command instead of cartman uh yeah he's he, he's doing his thing yeah it's it, and i i like coda even though he's kind of a he's just a generic badass who is ripping off predator and aliens and all that kind of stuff like that but you know he's he's uh he's, he's blade yeah, yeah he's blatant you know so but yeah, i can't remember if he comes back at all but i mean he definitely trashed he, he does, does come back. I know yeah. he trashed Ghost Rider in, the, in, in one of the he last ones back, and yeah. he really uh was formidable you know and he really surprised him but um, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. He kind of, he's like, thanks, but no thanks, you know? And Doom's like, okay, well, just to let you know, you know, this don't have a lot of leeway for freelancers, you know, in the future, but, you know, I may be seeing you down the line, my friend, you know, kind of thing. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a middling issue. It's not like great. It's not uh, bad. I mean, I, I wasn't too fond of the artwork, uh, by Graham Higgins, to be honest with you. This is one of the few times I really, uh, wasn't into the, depiction of the ghost rider in this one i i didn't like his proportions his face uh kind of thing but so i wasn't too crazy about that but i think overall uh it, it's a decent issue so what do you think yeah i agree about the artwork graham higgins i i don't like it all i didn't like him in the previous issue and yeah. i don't like it here um everything's so blocky and chunky i don't like how he draws ghost rider i really don't like how he draws dr doom like his yeah face his mask just looks yeah. so off um, and I just I, I, I don't like it and uh, the I'm sorry the design for Ghost Rider as the Marshal of Transverse City is yeah. terrible uh, I like the pentagram uh, badge that he has but I mean they essentially yeah. turned him into Judge Dredd that's in, complete with unnecessary pistol with all of the stuff that Ghost Rider has as far as onboard weaponry why he would need a pistol and goggles <laughs> I do not know 
Um, but it, it looks atrocious. One of the best things about Ghost Rider 2099 mm-hmm. was, was his visual design. And this issue just yeah. chucks it. Um, story-wise, yeah, it's a lot of setup for what's going to be the second year of this series. And, you know, I went... When I first read this, and then for years after, I was under the impression that this One Nation Under Doom thing was more than likely forced upon all the 2099 writers, and that this status quo change was mm-hmm. Kaminsky's reaction to that. Was um, like, well, okay, this now the Doom's in control, I have to do stuff like this. I read an interview with him, I yeah. guess from maybe a couple of years ago, uh, but I read it recently, that said, he said, no, this was the direction he was taking the series in, regardless really? of the One Nation Under Doom thing. That just gave him the justification to do it. He still wanted to make Zero into the fascist cop that he had fought against yeah. the first year of the series. And I guess it's his way of telling stories about how fascism can corrupt even the sure. people with the purest of intentions. Um and it's an easy flip for one person's ideals to go from one extreme to the other because Zero sure. has an extreme set of ideals. Now, those were forced, this change was forced upon him by Doom and the Ghostworks, but it's still a complete change. Like, well, now instead of being an anarchist who fights against authority, you are authorita. You know, it's so I can see where the storytelling desire could be there to, to show that, that contrast of like, well, this is right. what it was, now this is what he has become. Look at the difference. See how much he has changed. Um, and, you know, Zero has always been yeah. an unlikable yeah. character for the sure. most part throughout this series. But from this point on, he is mm-hmm. extremely unlikable. Uh, I've been going through it. I've been rereading Ghost Star 2099 the last little bit. Um, and I'd forgotten just wow. how nasty this character gets when it gets mm. into the issues after this. To where he's almost, I mean, you yeah. almost don't like reading about him. He's that bad. Um and I think this series loses a lot. This is that midpoint of the series where it goes from where every issue was just some of my favorite comics to where it goes forward yeah, where things yeah. just keep going downhill. The storylines are still good, and Kaminsky yeah. still does a great job with world building, but I just don't like the direction of it. It's not where mm-hmm. I wanted to see the series go. And all the setup. There's no payoff to anything in this issue. Um, it's right. all paid off later on in the series. So there's almost, you almost feel like you're just reading nothing but subplot after subplot after subplot. Um, and I just, I don't like the change. I, I just don't. I do like some of the characterization moments, though, because, I mean, Kaminsky knows these characters. He knows Zero perfectly. And the fact that Zero's ready to fight against S.H.I.E.L.D. until he knows, like, oh, Doom wants to see me? Well, cool. Yeah, I want to see him, too. That dude sounds like he'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you the know. best hacker ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's like, I can't wait to meet him. And everyone around him is thinking, like, Zero, you are an idiot. Why are <laughs> you going to meet with Doom? You know this isn't going to go well. Right. Um, hey, you, you know what you know what Ghost Rider looks like to me at the end a little bit. I mean, tell me if you agree or think it's stupid. You remember Image Comics Super Patriot from Image Comics? Yeah, yeah. Where he was oh, kind of yeah, like I can see that. Yeah. he had the goggles, the cybernetic uh, limbs, and the the 
the stars and stripes kind of thing, you know, or, or, or yeah, at least the, yeah, the stripes. Yeah. So in a way, I, and like I said, I don't know time frame wise with, with that when that came up, but I remember distinctly seeing comics with him on the cover and figures and stuff like that and being like, oh, and then I saw, like you said, about the goggles and Ghost Rider. And this, like he's definitely, he doesn't look the same like he used to, which is a shame because people loved his visual from the start of this comic. He's riding the, yes, the hover, yeah. the hovercraft and he's got the, the he's a war bot. He's a Terminator with the flaming. It's fantastic. And now there's, yeah, now they're going a different direction. Maybe they're Kaminsky stripping what we liked about him from us so that we don't dig him anymore, where we can just it, see him possible. as, yeah. as, as this uh, authority jerk, you know, that we want to hate instead. Like he's, to use a wrestling term he's turning heel basically like he's really yeah he's gone, that's he's, a good point so but i don't know that's that's just my only thought on that you know yeah making him look ridiculous in order to get you to not like him because of how his personality is going to change i can almost see that because mm -hmm. kaminsky is a very smart writer just from all the stuff we've read in this series so right. i i can almost see that being something you know i'd love to, i'd love to have a conversation with Lynn kaminsky about mm -hmm. the series because yep. i bet it would be fascinating Absolutely. to find out what he where he was going to go with it, you know, what his themes were. I, I think that would be brilliant. 100%. If we yeah. ever get to the point where we can have guests, guest writers to come on our show, that that's he's on, like, my top, like, three. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to have him on. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, that's going to wrap this episode up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us, as always, online uh, at InnerDemonsGR on Twitter, uh, the blog, vengeanceunbound.blogspot.com, and facebook.com slash vengeanceunbound. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably in a couple weeks with another new episode. And until then, thanks for listening, and everyone take care. Yep. Later. Later.